Welcome to the 51st episode of the Turp Talk Young Turf Podcast, powered by Viner Forgates. This is your host, Mason the Intern Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we are talking the Terps win over Texas 34-29. And later on in the podcast, we have Don Marcus on to discuss. And before we get to the Terrapin Rundown, this podcast is brought to you by Watercrafter. Watercrafters in Gaithersburg, Maryland has been providing swimming pool services and supplies to the Montgomery County area for the past 35 years. Watercrafters highly skilled service staff can open and close your pool as well as do new installations and weekly service. The Gaithersburg showroom has everything for your swimming pool including chemicals, parts, and fun accessories. Visit the Watercrafters retail showroom in the Gaithersburg Air Park or online at www.watercrafters.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. Well, for a new subsection of the Terrapin Rundown, we have the non-rev report. So to start with, the Maryland women's soccer team really struggled in Philadelphia over this weekend, losing to Temple and Drexel both on the road. Yeah, not great way to back up the great start they had to the season, but there's still a lot of soccer left to play. Next on the non-rev report, Maryland Volleyball had a really good weekend, beating, going 3-0 and in the Akron Invitational, which was in College Park, strange enough, beating some lesser opponents in Akron, Stony Brook, and uh, Mason, I can never get this one. Who's the last opponent? Canisius College. Look, they just chose coaches. It's great to see that they're still winning. Of course, they've had those great recruiting classes, so hopefully the Terps Volleyball team can be competitive this year in Big Ten play. On the more positive end, or actually keeping on the positive end, Maryland volleyball, excuse me, Maryland field hockey beats Duke and Boston College in the ACC Big Ten Cup. Hey, it doesn't get any better than that. No, it does not. A win against Duke's always great, but it was a great game the other night on Friday night against Boston College. The Terps topped the number 10 Eagles 3-2, to and then today, the last I checked, it was being a blowout, complete wipeout of Duke, which is always great to see as a Terp fan. Well, it ended up 4-3, to three, so maybe not a blowout, but hey, Duke's top five, so you got to play to beat them. Yeah, the Terps took on Stanford in a great atmosphere Friday night at Ludwig Field. It was a good game, but it did end nil to nil. That was men's soccer for those keeping score at home. So Maryland has now lost one to Washington and draw, excuse me, I don't know if it's drew or drawed for soccer, but they tied Stanford. Not the start you wanted, but it could be worse. No, no, it is the start we wanted. This team's not as strong as it's been in the past. And to see that great improvement over the week from the loss to Washington to the draw against Stanford, it was overall a solid performance. And to round out the rundown, Maryland, uh, excuse me, the Maryland radio broadcast team has a pretty big change. Yeah, the Terps, of course, replacing longtime color analysis guy Tim Strachan. I got to know Tim over my time in the Terps media Really class guy, really great on the radio, but they're replacing him with Lamont Jordan, who joined the crew last season. So it will be Johnny Holiday and Lamont Jordan this year on the radio. And Lamont's held the Maryland rushing record for 18 years now, so he's got a lot of a lot of experience. He played in the NFL for a while. Pretty good guy to add on. Yes, he is. It's a great to have an all-time Terp joining the radio crew. And now on to the main entree for today. The Terps win against Texas. And before we get Don Marcus on a little bit later, we'll give you our thoughts on the big win. Yeah, Jordan, let's talk about it. Overall thoughts, you were at the game at FedEx Field. What do you think of the Terps? Well, you were there too, but I thought 
overall, we had some... We did not play a good game, I'd actually say. I think we played about average, but we definitely capitalized on enough mistakes from Texas to win the game. Yeah, long-term... Speaking about long-term success, you can't play like that every week and expect to win. It was a classic first week. You got to grind it out. You're going to have to make plays down the line, and both teams are going to make mistakes, but the Terps came out on top. That's what we want to see. As Bruce said, it was all about the character of this Maryland football team. Yes, and we will get to the... Actually, let's just do it now. The long... I was really proud of how we came out to say to play today. I think we really could have folded. We could have just given up, really. But Matt Canada, in his head coaching debut, he did. He got the guys ready to play. And no, the play calling wasn't perfect, but they were ready to play. They were ready to win. And like I said, the play calling was actually probably pretty bad. But hey, we got out there and we played hard. Bad. I wouldn't call it bad. For me, it was great, great to see the jet sweep. Great to see our quarterbacks under center. Great to see us trying to get the running backs going, even though it didn't necessarily work out. The only thing that I have to say is, and for Coach Canada, it was his first game. Let's not say that he's been doing this his whole life from the field. It was his first game, not calling it from the booth. And for for me, there was only one thing that I saw that I didn't like, which was not throwing the ball down the field, down the stretch. But, hey, for a guy that's never done it before, it was pretty good. Well, let's go down the roster and see how we actually did. So, I guess we have to talk about Kasim and Piggy to start off. Yeah, I thought Kasim played really solid, not good, not great. Really just an okay game. 17 for 29, 222 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. That's my big key. No interceptions, no fumbles. He amounted to a 70.6 on the QBR rating. Well, QBR, we got to point out, is not the same as passer rating. It's an ESPN stat that kind of measures how you play as a whole, which includes running. But, uh, anyway... I thought he played fine, okay, too. I think Piggy really could have stood to play more. Yeah, I do, too. Piggy, he had that one set. It was a good series. Really, other than the Avery Edwards drop, he would have been 4-for-4, four four, but he overthrew him a little bit. Avery didn't have to jump for the ball. He could have probably just run under it, but, hey, when you're playing the game, it's it's different. I would love to see him more, and I think they're really going to try and get these packages with Pig down over the next two weeks. That would be great to see. I will agree. We talked about this earlier, and you said that maybe we weren't totally ready with the piggy packages, you know, because they were different formations and how to execute them, and maybe we'll see that more in the next couple of weeks, and I hope that's the case because he really had some of the more successful stretches in the game, but, yeah, we we need to get him gelled in more. Yeah, let's go to the running backs. Maryland, maybe they tried a little bit too many guys. You know, obviously we didn't see big games from Anthony McFarlane or Lorenzo Harrison. But hey, we got some guys going, including Tayon Fleet-Davis, Ty Johnson. They really tried to get going, didn't really work. Running between the tackles today was not very successful, or yesterday was not very successful. The jet sweep, on the other hand, was. And that is something, maybe a side effect of the injuries on the offensive line. But yeah, the running back's kind of disappointed. But it wasn't horrible either. No, we were able to get over 100 yards on the ground, burn the clock when we had to, get some big first downs. It worked well enough. Well, that's the thing is we could not get it. We had two chances to end the game, essentially. We just needed a first down on either the last two drives we had the ball, and we couldn't. We did not get a first down, and yes, Matt Canada did say he just wanted to burn the clock, and the best way to do that is to get first downs, and we couldn't do that. Yeah, we definitely need the space out running it, rushing the ball and passing it. Obviously, Coach Canada might have been a little bit shaken at the end of his first game as a head coach, but... It all worked out in the end. 
Well, Mason, as we get further down the season, we both know, as much as you like Kasim personally, and I like Piggy, we need to be able to run the ball. These guys can't win the game by themselves, and do you think this will be a problem down the line? No, I don't. I think they're going to get a lot of things together. It was great to see them get out there, and you know they tried some different things. They tried to run a complete zone read set with Piggy. They tried to go under center with Kasim, and of course it's not going to be smooth. We just changed over offenses, but they won the game. That's that's the difference for this Maryland team. And we'll talk with Don Marcus later in the podcast about it. But they did something that a lot of Maryland fans didn't expect them to do, which was win this football game, especially under the circumstances of the last few drives. Moving on to the receivers, Tavon Jacobs, of course, has to be your number one guy. Five for 73 and a touchdown. Let's talk about the freshman, Jay Sean Jones. So several people, including Wayne and Keith Cavanaugh, were highlighting Jay Sean Jones as a standout in training camp. I never went to training camp, so I don't know, but I'm assuming they were right because he went out there and he played some ball. That said, I do want to say this before Mason takes over. He only got two receptions. Yeah, but of course he caused that pass interference later in the game. Three touches, three touchdowns, can't do better than that. As for the rest of the unit, still looking for someone else to step up. DJ Turner matching the receptions total that he had last year with five, but really not racking up a lot of yards. The big play of the game, though, had to be Jarvis Davenport's only catch for 35 yards. Really moved the Terps to getting that last field goal to really put him ahead. So I really want to talk about this one. We saw, and we did expect this privately at least, that we would see running backs playing receiver, playing tight end, and we saw that a lot with specifically um, Tavon Fleet-Davis and Jake Funk flexing out to play the wing positions. Do you think that we're going to see that long-term? Yeah, Jake Funk a little bit struggling throughout the day. Of course, took his lumps on special teams especially. As far as blocking, Jake made some plays. Some guys just missed when they needed to turn up the field. They tried to stretch the plays a little bit too far to the sidelines. Tayon Fleet-Davis, man, can he do what they need him to do. Take those reverses, take them with power, and really make it happen. And that's a guy that Keith Cavanaugh pointed out to us. He's going to get the ball, he's going to have his chance, and he made the play, especially that big touchdown run. So Ant-Mac, Anthony McFarlane, was a bit of a disappointment in his debut, though. Yeah, they didn't really get him the ball that much. And I'm, and I'm sure they'll look to do that as the season progresses. But he's still coming off a big injury. Now, that was only two years ago, but it was a really serious injury. It really set him back some time. As the season goes, he's going to get his chances. All these guys, Lolo, Anthony McFarland, Javon Leak, they're going to get their chances. It might have not come against Texas, but later on down the line, I'm sure Matt Candle will find a place for them. On defense, the, I guess the most surprising thing for me was the absolute platoon rotation system up front on the defensive line. Yeah, it really worked well. And whether the signal caller was Heater, Andy Boo, of course Coach Brumbaugh on the field, it really worked. It got Brett Kolka out there. It got Byron Cowart. It got the Gaddies. It got, my mistake, Adam McClain. It really rotated a lot of guys through, and that's what this team needs to do. They got to see who's who's there, who's going to make the plays, and they got to put those guys in the position to do so. But as long as we keep rotating, I think that's the best play for this defense. Well, we didn't play perfect on run defense because Texas's two-headed monster and Trey Watson and Keontae Ingram both had pretty good games. Sam Ellinger also had a pretty good game rushing. I did not expect that. I'm worried that might be a problem down the line because they're not a running team. I don't think that was the case. Texas was not able to run the ball. They weren't able to set the tone. They really tried to. 
They desperately tried to set the tone running the football, and it did not work. 36 carries for 142 yards overall. It worked late in the game. I'll give them that. And Maryland's defense by no stretch was perfect, but they made the plays. They set the tone at the beginning of the game that really allowed this offense to run free. On the receiving end, Texas is a special case. Texas, despite all their problems, has one of the best receiving cores in the country with two six five plus receivers in Lil Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson, and they both used their height to their advantage. Yeah, but Maryland did limit what Tom Herman said that they were going to try and do. Tom Herman in a press conference said, Colin Johnson is one of the best wide receivers outside of the numbers. So from the numbers to the sideline, all Ellinger's got to do is got to put up the ball and, you know, Colin Johnson's going to make the play. That's what he said. And Maryland never let that happen. They never let the big ball go other than the one that was the absolutely amazing catch in the, was that the first quarter? Yeah, the first quarter by Devin DuVernay. Still the best play of the game, in my opinion. Yeah, it was a great play. But Maryland didn't get their heads taken off. Tino Ellis did a great job, forced the fumble. Rayshad Lewis and Marcus Lewis both looked solid enough to make a play. Rayvon Davis, of course, he made a mistake, got a few penalties, but that can all be worked out. I was really impressed by our secondary. And Jordan, Darnell Savage is a really good football player. I'll be honest. The little Jordan Humphrey may be the best receiver we play all season. He oh, Ohio State's going to pull someone out. I'm just saying, right now, he is 6'6". He's a complete pro receiver. He's going to be a first-round pick next year, in my opinion. And Darnell Savage stood up to him as well as he could have, given his disadvantage, you know, considering the fact Lil' Jordan Humphrey's 6'7". Well, they really did a great job, Texas, of identifying Trey Watson, and Watson was in there, of course, to stop the run, and splitting him out wide. They tried for Humphrey against Watson, and they really exposed it until they didn't, and Trey Watson made a big play, a big interception for the Terps. Darnell Savage, I'm going to say it again, he made the plays when the Terps really needed him. The other guy, Antoine Brooks, who made the game-saving interception. What a game, 11 tackles, he led the Terps, and boy, is he an athlete. I'm not sure if you saw it from your vantage point, but there was a play where he made the tackle, and then he did a backflip to get up. Yeah, I saw that one. Um, The last thing I want to talk about before we kind of wrap things up here is how did the field conditions affect the game? And yes, they definitely did towards the end. Yeah, of course, we had the rain delay, which I personally, I like the way the crowds react to rain delays. I liked having the band playing in the concourse. Of course, it wasn't ideal how long it lasted, but it's just nice to see all of our fans stay, or the ones that did, they stayed a surprising amount for me. I don't know about you. Well, I was considering leaving at some point. I was happy it started to wrap up when it did, because it was a long rain delay, especially if you were there. But I... Have you heard the rumors that Texas ordered pizza during the rain delay, Mason? Yeah, I heard it first in the press conference. I forget who actually said it, but hey, Maryland was singing uh, screaming rap music ready to get out of the tunnel while Texas was ordering pizza. Right there, that's my story of the game. But moving on, yeah, the rain delay really... Maryland just... I didn't really think they were going to come out with a lot of punch. I really didn't think they could win the game after surrendering so many points. But hey, they play for Jordan McNair. They play football the way we want to see our Terrapins playing football. We could have folded. I will say that over and over again. We really could have, and I kind of expected us to. I know everybody else wanted to be positive, but I was just saying, realistically speaking, this generally doesn't go the team's way. The team usually kind of cracks under pressure, and we didn't. We went out there and played a good game. And even if the season goes off the rails again, we have Texas again. Yes, we do. And before we get to our interview with Don Marcus, we are welcoming... A new sponsor to the Young Turfs podcast, and that is Allied Party Rentals. 
your hometown Terrapin Party Rental resource. Allied Party Rentals has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. We have the tents, chairs, linens, china, and accessory that you are looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia areas, contact Allied today for a free, no-obligation quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them at AlliedPartyRentals.com. Hey, Jordan, did you know that the tents at the University of Maryland graduation and the newest Maryland cooling tents are tents from Allied? Speaking of those tents, what do we see from injuries in that game, Mason? A few cramps because of the rain from Rayvon Davis and one of the Terps defensive linemen, but nothing of note yet, and that is great to see given what happened last year. And for the long-term injuries, specifically Derwin Gray, do we know anything new about them? Yeah, Derwin just wasn't ready to go, according to Coach Canada. He'll be back, so will Terrence Davis, and we'll get a full offensive line going and hopefully a better running game. And now, on to our interview with Don Marcus. Now we welcome in our special guest and our first ever returning guest, Don Marcus of the Baltimore Sun. Don, how are you doing? I'm good. I heard returning guests get huge uh, benefits here. Well, um, I don't think we're quite there yet in our development, but, you know, when when we do reach that point, we'll reach out to you. All right, great. How you doing, guys? Good. Let's talk about yesterday, yesterday's game, 34-29 Maryland. What were your thoughts? Well, I, you know, given, given how it almost ended and it, a lot of probably Maryland fans and media thought it was going to end, a, a game that had missed opportunities and may have ended up in a loss to come out of there with a win. I think there are a lot of happy people in college park and, and it really says a lot about, you know, given what the kids have gone through, given what the team has gone through in terms of the coaching staff and, and having Matt Canada and his, his debut as the interim coach, I think really talked about how well it was put together. And, and, you know, there are obviously some rough, rough spots as all opening games have, but, in the end, uh, getting a win over a ranked team, and um, I think I think will you know give Maryland a chance at least to start the season four and zero. Yeah, Don, you've seen a lot of Maryland games, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. When the Terps got the first two turnovers and then Texas got the ball, did it really seem like just because it's Maryland that they were going to find a way to lose? Well, we've seen it happen before, and just given the fact that. You know, those Texas receivers were, were really having their way if if, uh, if Sam Ellinger was a little more on target. And if, you know, Maryland, you know, it seemed like Maryland got pressure on him at the right time, at the right play. Um, so I think a lot of things worked in their favor. And obviously the last pass that was overthrown and, and uh, Antoine Brooks made a great play on the ball, um, I think, you know, helped. But, you know, again, uh, they and even Matt Cannon, I, I really loved his honesty and sort of the way he looked at it. He he said that he could have done a better job with calling plays, especially in the red zone. So Don, going into the game, Kasim and Piggy were listed as co-starters, and that kind of was true in the first half. But then the second half, we didn't see Piggy at all. Why do you think that was? Well, I think I honestly, think it I, was a case of they were co- co-stars in the first half. I think you know. Kasim got a majority of the snaps. I think he wants to use uh, Piggy, you know, to, to sort of as a change of pace, you know, and, you know, and and just keep him keep him in the game plan. I mean, I think 
you know, the one thing I was impressed by Piggy was, you know, that throw he made that just missed. The fact that they threw two balls to tight ends, they almost had two touchdowns out of it, where, you know, was was pretty amazing given how they forgot the tight end in Walt Bell's offense. So uh, I think that that's something that they could build on. And, 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 you know, he really played well. He he almost looked like he almost looked like Kasim Hill did in a, in a small snapshot a year ago, very efficient and made some really good plays. Obviously didn't have the big long play that Kasim had and then the touchdown, but I thought he did a really good job just as a change of pace. Continuing with the quarterbacks, how do you think Kasim Hill did 17 of 29 for 222 yards and a touchdown? Yeah, I mean, first game back, I don't know if it was they told him, listen, we really don't want you out in, in, in space. You know, we don't want you running the ball only if you have to. But he made a couple of really good plays with his feet. And he showed some toughness when he, you know, got his helmet knocked off by the kid who got ended up getting thrown out of the game, which probably was a – it turned out to be a big play because he's one of their best defenders, the linebacker, Gary Johnson. Um, I, I thought he played well. You know, he, he, he as, as, uh, as McCann said, he's a real cool dude. He just doesn't – nothing flusters him. And, and you could see that. I mean, and he has, he has great – Johnson obviously had a great game, but that kind of seemed like came at the expense of the running game, which despite all the hype for the running back core, the running backs really struggled in this game. Yeah, I don't know how much of that was, you know, what what was going on on the offensive line where they, you know, Derwin Gray obviously did not play, uh, you know, so they were, they were mixed and matching a lot on the offensive line, and I think that might have thrown their game plan off a little bit, um, and, and, uh, but yeah, I, and that's a, I think you can spin that around, and it could be a good thing. They they want they score thirty four points without a running game, and and most, a lot of their big runs were you know were in came out of the jet sweep, you know one of them by Deshaun Johnson for the touchdown. So I I think that will you know obviously that will uh, you know work itself out. They have too many good players not to. I, and I also think when you have that many players, it's a, it's it's a matter of trying to get everybody in the game and, and maybe not getting in the kind of rhythm as a player like a, like a, like a uh, Ty Johnson or, or, or even, you know, Anthony McFarlane, I think, only carried the ball twice. So I, I think that's going to be something that you'll see as, as time goes on. And, and, I, and I also think that they were, you know, they, they knew how much Maryland killed them on the run last year, especially Ty Johnson. I think Ty Johnson was almost used as a decoy yesterday because that, that, that maybe freed up some things for Deshaun Jones and some other guys on that on that jet sweep. Yeah, going on down to the defense, they make three big plays down the line, but did you think that they were much improved from last year? I did. I really did. I mean, early on they were, they had the stretch where they, they really were put at a disadvantage by the offense with the two short fields that Matt Cannon alluded to in the in the um, in the uh, post game, they didn't get they didn't get a sustained pass rush 
but they seemed to get to him when they needed to. But, you know, it was obvious that, you know, Jesse Annabonham is not back 100%. He's probably not back 50% maybe. Um, and that could be an issue going forward because they double, they were able to double-team Cowart, and, and Cowart, you know, did not was not a factor. But that freed up other guys like Antoine Brooks and, and, Trey, and, and, um, and Trey Watson to make a lot of tackles. Uh, you know, I, I think they are. And the one thing I liked is, I thought that I thought that the 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 cornerbacks did not play. I mean, they weren't they weren't you know locked down, but they were good good enough, and uh, and and they didn't give up except for that one big play down the middle, and then the one play in the second half. They really didn't give up the kind of plays that we've seen a lot of Maryland teams give up the last few years. And you are listening to the Young Terps podcast with our special guest today, Don Marcus of the Baltimore Sun. So, Don, I think one of the maybe more interesting parts of our defense was the platoon system up front in where we were kind of subbing out defensive linemen by the play. Do you think that was effective? You know, I, I, I think that it's, 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 it's sort of, you know, with this new system, with, and, that, and that's the thing, um, you know, that there's, there, there, I know, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure that there's a different play caller this year. Uh, it's a question of who it is. I mean, I have a feeling it's Chuck Heater. Um, so that might be part of his type of defense that he that he likes to employ. And, um, you know, so I, I think that we'll, what we'll see is as guys like Anna Bonham get back into shape, even Coward, who didn't play much for, for Auburn, um, you know, sort of start getting into a rhythm, if, if, that's, if they will, I think you'll see, few, you know, fewer guys um, – you know, being being subbed in and out. Obviously, people like you know. I, I think you'll see guys like like uh, uh, Kolka and people like that being switched down in and out. Adam McLean, um, you know, uh, Nambi and people like that. So I, I think what what you'll see is as this years go year goes on. I think it depends on whether or not Jesse Anabonim and and uh, Byron Cowart become as as effective pass are hoping and we'll, you know we'll have to see if that pans out yeah how do you think late in the game after the delay the field affected the game well uh you know it was interesting because you know it, it it did seem like texas had, it was in the wetter part of the field so i wondered if if the if the uh if the uh you know the the grounds crew at at uh at fedex was told uh just Concentrate on the side that Maryland's going to be playing on, but I don't know. Uh, you know, I you know, it, 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 both teams had a play on that field, so I don't think it affected it one way or the other. So, Don, I think in the grander scheme of things, we saw such a tough summer for the program, and the team really responded well. Um, have you ever seen a team come back so strong after such a trying time? Well, actually, I did a story uh, not to not to not to not to uh, pump my own material, but I actually did a story um, about Matt Canada being on two coaching staffs, where um, where where there where there was a death. One was when he was at Indiana back in 0- 07 with uh, and and 06 is when the coach Terry Hepner got sick and then he died in 07. And the other one, interestingly enough, was when he was on the staff at Northern Illinois in 2003. And a 19-year-old offensive lineman named Shea Fitzgerald um, 
died in a tragic accident in, in Chicago, a porch of his, his brother's uh, apartment. They uh, were obviously having a big party. It collapsed. 13 people, including Shea Joe, were killed. And the first game was, was against Maryland, and, uh, and, and they had a big upset. And I talked to the coach, Bill Lynch, about it this week, and he said it did, it did certainly help in terms of motivation and, and preparation. So I think, yeah, I think that it definitely you know, fired them up. They were, they were clearly you know, playing with Jordan McNair in their, in their hearts and their minds and in, in some of the things they did on the field. So, yeah, I think it helped them a lot. All right, well, I guess my last question, I know Mason's got more, is on special teams, we did not have a great game. Do you think that'll improve going down the line? Well, I thought I thought the kickoff coverage was okay. They had a couple of breakdowns on the punt coverage. Uh, but I think, you know, when you all think of special teams, you think of kicking and punting, and, you know, for, except for that free kick, I thought, I thought that I thought Wade Lee's had a good game pinned them down a few times and the freshman came in didn't have anything hard to do just a couple of you know chip shot field goals but he made them so and he supposedly has a pretty good leg and uh so i think in this kicking game i thought they played pretty well i thought the return game was okay you know obviously the punt game and punt game was you know they 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 broke off a couple of decent plays so i think that was that was you know what what needs to be improved and Don, we thank you for coming on to this week's podcast. Thanks, guys, and, and ho- hopefully it'll really rev up. So if I'm a return guest again, you know, we'll, at least I'll get like McDonald's or something. <laughs> Sounds good. And we will look to have Don Marcus on as the season continues. Jordan, that's going to do it for us here on the Young Terps podcast. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner Fourgates. They build TerpTalk.com. They can build a website just like that for you. Watercrafters, they're the place for all your swimming pool needs. Visit them in the Gaithersburg Air Park and the, the newest to the Turp Talk Young Turps family, Allied Party Rentals. They're the Turps home team. They're, they should be yours too. Jordan, any last words? We beat Texas again, and uh, let's try to beat Bowling Green. We got our next preview for that coming on Wednesday. Yes, we do. We beat Texas. Hallelujah. It's been a great last couple of days. TerpTalk.com has some great videos from the game on Saturday. Check that out. And we will see you here on Wednesday, hopefully with an unannounced guest. Well, I hope so, but I'm not promising anything. Yeah. That's going to do it for this week's episode. And as always, thanks for listening.